Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad that you're joining us. Uh, we have a few people here in, in present, uh, but most of you are watching online, and we are glad you're doing that. We're in a series called When Pigs Fly, meaning that only can happen if a miracle happens, because pigs don't fly. And so that's what we're talking about, miracles. Today's topic is miracles of protection. And I want to start off with a comment, and you can fill it in the blank for yourself. Are we ready, guys? All right, there we go. God, if you just get me through, fill in the blank, I'll serve you forever. Now, it may be back when you were young, and, you know, if you just get me through this uh, test at school, or uh, you'll get me through this issue with my parents, or issue with my job, or whatever it might be, um, if you get me through this sickness, whatever it might be. <clears throat> Uh, we're calling on God to, to, to rescue us, to guard us, to protect us. Now, the issue is, God doesn't always appear to protect us. But we claim He does, but He doesn't always do it the way we desire. You can take a natural disaster or an accident such as the Titanic, and we can rejoice with the people that were saved, but what about the people that weren't, the people that drowned? Um, did God like these people that were saved better? Did they pray better? Or No, I don't believe so. So God protected some of them by saving their lives. He didn't protect others. Any other uh, you know, 9-11, um, um, other disasters. Um, <clears throat> talk about something much smaller in my own personal life. Uh, uh, back when uh, I was building our first, our second house, uh, we call it our care home now. This would have been 1990 to 91. In 1990, we were framing, and I was using a nail gun, and Mel, was, Mel and I were building the house. And I don't know if you're familiar with nail guns, but they have kickbacks. And sometimes you nail between two studs, the nail hit the stud there, and it kicked back. Well, that's what happened to me. And I put a framing nail through this finger into this finger. God did not protect me from putting a nail through my fingers. What did God protect me from? Well, somehow I got a nail through that finger without hitting that bone. Really. I pulled the nail out. The worst part was the barb tore my skin. Um, I have a scar here and here. Both. Um, I wrapped it up and kept on working. So God protected, didn't protect me from putting a nail through my finger, but God protected me from shattering my finger bone with the nail. So that's kind of a simple illustration and kind of makes it kind of funny after the fact is this. That happened probably in the fall of the year. Christmas time, Melvin gives me a present. Some of you know Mel. And here, here it is. Here's the present. Now, if you probably can't, most of you can't see that this is a ring. But this is a ring that was made out of the nail that I put through my finger. Melvin had the wherewithal to go and pick that nail up and save it for several months, made it into a ring. It actually fits. <laughs> uh, so I have a lifetime remembrance of that day I stuck that nail through my finger. Uh, on the serious side, though, God provides, but not always like we desire. <clears throat> but here's kind of my bottom line for this morning. <clears throat> before you face the problem, before you put a nail in your finger, God already has a plan. 
Before you face that medical issue, God had a plan. Before you face that financial issue, God had a plan. Before you face that relationship issue, God had a plan. I mean, there's scriptures full of them. I think all the way back to Noah. Uh, he built that ark. It was like 100 years he was building that ark because God had a plan to save him and his family when the flood came. Uh, the Israelites up against the Red Sea, the Egyptian army coming. Um, God had a plan. He was going to divide the Red Sea. And just time after time in Scripture, time after time in your life and my life, before you have a problem, God already has a plan. So what do we know about God? Well, lots of things, but what do we know about God as far as protection? Well, we know that He miraculously, from Scripture and from our own experiences, rescues, saves, and protects. Another illustration is Daniel in the lion's den. It says, God sent a lion, uh, an angel to close the mouths of the lions. God protected, didn't protect Daniel from being in the lion's den. He protected him from being eaten by the lions. So not always like, he, I'm sure he would have desired not to face the lions. God protected him the way he chose. So we're going to look at a passage uh, in the New Testament from the book of Acts involving a guy made in the name of Paul. He's a missionary. He's kind of like the first big missionary in Scripture. And uh, <clears throat> he's a missionary journeys to, to Greece and Turkey and so forth. And uh, he's on his second missionary journey. And when we pick up the story in Acts 16, he's in a city called Philippi which uh, he started a church and wrote a letter to them later. <clears throat> Fascinating story, especially when we think about protection or not protection or not the way we would choose. So let's start in verse 16. <clears throat> One day as we're going down to the place of prayer. Now, we know it was Paul and Silas because Silas is mentioned later. We would include at least those two, but most likely Luke because Luke is writing this. So there's more than just Paul. They're going down the place of worship, and they met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. So whether she could or not, they claimed she could, and evidently she must have done a pretty good job because her masters were making a lot of money. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Paul and Silas have interactions with this, with this lady. You see in the next verse, she followed Paul. Interesting. She followed Paul around, around and the rest of us, shouting. So she was trying to get under their skin, which she actually accomplished. These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, was she telling the truth? Yes, she was telling the truth. And we're going to find that this is going to be a problem to Paul. Paul, why would Paul consider this a problem? Well, I think of, I think of several reasons. One, we're mixing a message of truth with a message uh, we're going to see of a demon. So that confusing the message. And we don't know, following the, the, him, my, I, the idea I have is that she was uh, taunting them, she was making fun of them, she was uh, sarcastic maybe when she's saying this. Oh, here, yeah, here, here, here's Paul. He's telling you about this most high God. We've got our gods, but he's telling you about this most high God, and this God's going to save you. Ha, ha, ha. So whatever the reasons, uh, those are other reasons. This went on day after day. Paul was being patient. He was putting up with it. But eventually he got so exasperated that he turned to her and said to the demon within her, actually not to her, I command you in the name of 
Jesus to come out of her. And we talked about this two weeks ago. He didn't have the power, but he had the authority from Jesus to cast out this demon. And as soon as he said those words, what happened? Immediately, it left her. So she was demon-possessed, had the power to tell fortunes. One minute, the next minute, she wasn't possessed. She was a normal person, and she no longer had this power, which is very significant. Her masters, next verse, her masters' hopes of wealth were now shattered. They made a lot of money, hoping to make more money, no more money. So when you mess with somebody's livelihood, you can't expect something good to happen. So they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. So there's some kind of authorities there, and they're going to go complain about what Paul and Silas had done. <clears throat> now, notice what they said. Next verse. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They sat into these city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Now, were they telling the truth? No, they weren't telling the truth. The whole city obviously wasn't an uproar. Um, shouting sometimes has, gets, gets you what you want, and it seems to in this case. It wasn't illegal at this point, at least, uh, for Romans to uh, become Christians. Would become later. So Paul and Silas are victims of lies, obviously, in this case. But what happens? Well, the mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, so they riled up the people in the town. Uh, obviously, most of them weren't Jesus followers, so they had a reason to, to reject the, uh, Paul and Silas. The city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, not just a tap-tap, and they were thrown into prison. Why? <laughs> well, either telling people about Jesus or casting out demon of this, this young lady. Now, most of us haven't been stripped and beaten, not physically anyway, not as adults. I was <laughs> had some wood on my behind as a child, but not as an adult. Um, but we may have been stripped of our dignity. We may have been stripped of some hope in, in some health issue, financial issue, relationship issue, whatever. Um, again, not beaten down physically, maybe may beaten down with words by someone we're in a relationship with, lied about, gossiped about, whatever. So this is their situation. So the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't <clears throat> escape. That's your job as a jailer. So he put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in socks. Now, they're treated like hardened criminals. <laughs> the most severe punishment, and all they had done again was share Jesus and cast out a demon out of this young lady. Uh, they were being faithful. They were carrying out the Great Commission. They were going into hostile territory sharing Jesus. Um, they were treated, obviously, unfairly. They hadn't done anything illegal. They hadn't done anything that warranted beating and putting in prison. So I ask you at this point, where is the miracle of protection? Is there a miracle of protection? No miracle of protection. Even the fact that they were putting their lives in danger on the, on the mission field, serving God. Now, what was their response? What did they do? 
What do we do when God doesn't seem to protect us? Do we say, okay, God, if you're not going to do what I want, I've had enough of you. I'm not going to worship you. I'm not going to pray to you. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to give any money to the church. I'm not going to whatever. Because you didn't protect me like I wanted you to. We might ask the question, where is God in my situation? My relationship, my health issue, my financial issue, my job situation. Where is God? Now, in this series, we're talking about a miracle. What is a miracle? It's not just beating the odds. A miracle is when God intervenes, when there's no other explanation than God does something. So, what is Paul and Silas' response? Some of you know the story. They didn't say, thanks, but no thanks to God. What did they do? Around midnight, I don't know why they were still up. Maybe it was hard to sleep in a dungeon. I don't know. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they were doing. Now, this is interesting. And the other prisoners were listening. Now, maybe they were just listening like, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. I've never heard anything like this before. Um, And let me just say that, uh, folks, those of you are Jesus followers, if you're not, we're delighted you're listening. Um, But if you're a Jesus follower, the biggest impact you can have for Jesus is not when your life is going great. It's when your life's not going great. How do you and I respond to the the problems, the difficulties, uh, when things aren't going like we want to? People are watching. People are listening. And the greatest testimony we can have is how we respond. Okay, God, as uh, Job said, you could even kill me. I'm still going to trust you. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. Notice the word here, massive. Not a little one. (laughs) The prison was shaken to the foundations. Had to be with a massive earthquake. Notice what happens. All the doors, not just one door, not Paul and Silas's door, all the doors immediately flew open. And this last part I don't understand. Chains of every prisoner fell off, yet it appeared nobody was injured. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a miracle. (laughs) And if you don't mean a miracle just because of an earthquake, it's a miracle of timing in an earthquake. And that no one was hurt. And so we serve a God who is a God of suddenly. Things can be going along for a while like we don't like or we don't approve of or we wish was different. And all of a sudden, things change. And that's what happened here. And it happens, can happen in your life and my life. <clears throat> so here's the bottom line. Paul didn't worship until Wait till after the miracle to worship. Okay, God, we'll wait. You get us out of this. Then we'll praise you and worship you and and sing. No, no, no. They didn't wait till after the miracle. He worshiped, Paul and Silas, they, before the miracle. Worship, then miracle. Not miracle, then worship. So we're not worshiping, hopefully, (laughs) you and I, for what he has done for what he has done today or in this situation, that situation. We are worshiping him, God, for who he is. Uh, The writer of Hebrews wrote this. I think it's appropriate here. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Now, when things are going good, it's natural to praise. It's not much of a sacrifice, is it? But when things aren't going like we want, we could call that a sacrifice of praise. 
okay, God, you're not, this is not, not like I want, but you're still God, and I'm still trusting you. I'm going to praise you. And I like this word, allegiance. Where's your allegiance? Now, some of us are sports fans. Uh, do you just support your team when it's winning? Or do you also support them? A true fan supports them even when they're losing. So we hopefully have allegiance to our God when things are going like we want. seems like we're winning, and sometimes life doesn't go that way. So we worship Him when we see His hand, when we don't, <coughs> excuse me, we worship Him when we see His hand, and we worship Him when we don't. <clears throat> when you don't get the answer you're expecting, don't worship Him. So another way of putting this, God often protects us in many ways we don't understand. Now, if I'm Paul and Silas, I'm going to say, God, I don't, why don't I get a beating? Why am I in prison? I don't understand this. And you and I have situations we don't understand. So what happens? Back to our story. The jailer woke up. Evidently, he had heard him singing earlier and went to sleep. He woke up to see the prison doors wide open. Probably the earthquake woke him up. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. The doors are open, the chains are off. What is this prisoner going to do? What are you and I going to do? <laughs> hey, I'm free. So he drew his sword to kill himself because he was responsible. The prisoners escaped. Uh, his bosses were going to kill him. He didn't do his job. That's pretty serious <laughs> punishment for not doing your job. But Paul shouted, stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Now, for Paul and Silas to be there is one thing. I think part of the miracle here is the other prisoners didn't run and escape. <clears throat> Obviously, something miraculous had just happened. Even for the jailer realized this. So the jailer called for lights and ran into the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This was, you know, you and I, when we see a miracle, <laughs> that could be our, our reaction. Uh, wait, this is beyond my understanding, my comprehension. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, he must have heard <laughs> this lady, if nobody else, maybe Paul and Silas, uh, message. And he said, okay, <laughs> I'm convinced. What must I do to be saved? And he told them what you and I can tell folks that ask us today. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. It's that simple, or that difficult. Maybe it is difficult for you to believe. It doesn't say you may be saved, but you will be. You believe that Jesus was the Son of God, came to earth, suffered and died, rose from the dead. You believe that? He, you confess your sins to Him, ask Him to invite Him into your life, and, and it happens. It, it's got to happen. He said, along with everyone in your household, meaning anybody can do this, or everybody can do this. And they shared the word of the Lord with Him and with all those who lived in His household. And if you read on... They all believed. Individually, they all believed. <clears throat> and if you read the rest of the story, it's fascinating. They get out of prison the next day, and the, what the, what the, the uh, officials had done was illegal. So they quietly wanted Paul and Silas to leave. And they said, no, 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 no. We want a public apology, and that's what they got. Uh, you need to read the Bible. It's fascinating. So, again, before you and I face a problem, God already has a plan. So we need to learn sometimes 
that God's eternal purpose don't align with our temporary plans. I don't know, maybe this happened to you, maybe it hasn't happened to me. I'll be delayed for some reason. Um, my wife sometimes <laughs> delay us. And uh, I'll go by a, an accident that just happened. I could tell it just happened. And, I, and, I, and I'll think, well, wait a minute, if my wife hadn't delayed me, I, that might have been me. Um, maybe you applied for a job that you really wanted and you didn't get it. You find out later that it wasn't such a good job after all. Or maybe the guy that got the job got fired. Or maybe uh, the job was, you know, um, discontinued. And, you got, and meanwhile, you got a better job. <clears throat> Let me ask you a simple question. Those of you who have been Jesus followers for a while. Aren't you glad that God didn't answer some of your prayers the way you asked them? I don't remember I prayed about this, but I only had one uh, serious girlfriend before my, before my wife, and we didn't obviously wind up getting married. And if God had answered my prayer, <laughs> uh, then I would never met my wife. And most of you know my wife. I, I married way above my pay grade. Um, I couldn't have found a better wife. And so, you know, aren't you glad sometimes God doesn't, and some of you may, may have had the same situation. I don't know how this lady turned out, but maybe you know how that person turned out. And you're thanking your, quote, lucky stars that God didn't answer that prayer because your spouse you have today turned out a lot better than that guy or gal you dated back when. So, God didn't deliver, or God did deliver Paul from the prison until he didn't. Now, this is, we need to understand this. Paul spent more than five years of his life in prison. This time he got out. Guess what happened the last time? He was in Rome. Nero was the emperor. And uh, he probably had his head cut off because they didn't crucify Roman citizens. He was a Roman citizen. But he was martyred. For his faith. So God delivered him until he didn't. And all of us are going to die. <laughs> of course, that's the ultimate deliverance, right? Because then we go to be in God's presence. So, so, so what should we do? What should we do? We should pray for God's divine protection. Um, whatever storms come, whatever difficulties come, pray for God's protection. Um, do we have heartaches? Do we agree when somebody dies? Yes. The question is, do we still trust Him? So pray prayers of protection over your spouse, over your kids, over your parents, grandparents, over your kid, grandkids. Um, pray protection over the church, over your pastor. Uh, pray for protection over staff, staff members. Pray for protection over the church in general, the, our country, um, over the protection from the pandemic. We have somebody here this morning that had COVID. I was watching the church service this morning from Portugal where I was a missionary and the folks all went up on the stage, they went on the stage, had their mask on. They're still, COVID is worldwide. So pray for protection. But give me a specific prayer to pray for your kids, especially as they get to be like my two, two of my grandkids are now 16, learning to drive. <laughs> uh, Pray a prayer that they will get caught early. What do I mean by caught early? Well, the first time they speed, they get caught. Before they have the accident. The first time they try drugs, if they do, they'll get caught before they become addicted. 
uh, first time they watch pornography, they'll get caught before they become addicted or smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol. You fill in the blank, okay? Parents, grandparents, pray that prayer of protection over your kids and grandkids. Now, one other thing before I finish. Much of what is good in me and in you is a result of something from which God did not protect us. Say it this way sometimes. We learn a lot more from the difficulties than we do from the good times. I'll just give you a couple examples quickly from my life. I was six years old, first grade. It's February. I'm walking to the the, uh, bus stop. I step out in front of a car. Little kid. Car runs over my leg, breaks my leg. Could have easily killed me, right? I have a metal plate in my leg to this day as a reminder that God didn't protect me from being hit, but He did spare my life. I'm 18 years old. I think it was in February again. My dad dies. I'm the oldest of five kids. My sister's here. She's, I was 18. She's 17. All the way down to my little sister Lois is four years old. God didn't protect us from that. So my siblings all grew up with that. I'm assuming I'm a grown up at 18. They grew up a part of their lives without a dad. My mom spent the rest of her life without a husband. But they are, and I am the person I am, partially because God didn't protect us from that. Our 13th year of my marriage, my wife and I, we've been pastors here in the States, been missionaries in Portugal. We're back here in the States, and we're having marriage issues. We don't like each other. There's nobody else involved, uh, but we just didn't like each other. We weren't getting along. So we go into marriage counseling and all that, and I don't know what kind of marriage counselor I would have been before that. I've probably been lousy. (laughs) But I was a lot better marriage counselor after that because I learned a lot, and I was humbled by that experience. Um, 39 years old, about the same time, actually. <clears throat> we resigned from the Foreign Mission Board. I had no job. International Mission Board now. I had no job for a year. I had no job, just odd jobs. Um, God provided. We'll talk about that next week. <clears throat> and then around 2003, my son Jared, who plays the guitar up here, was pedaling his bike back home and uh, got hit by a pickup truck, a big pickup truck. Obviously, it spared his life. Broke his leg. He had to go through all that. I broke my leg when I was six. Um, God didn't protect him from getting hit by that truck. But God did protect his life. And we're thankful, obviously, for that. So again, God always has a plan, but sometimes the plan, unfortunately, includes pain. And I'm going to put a statement up here, and I, I pray it can be your statement. Uh, if not all the time, at least most of the time. And my testimony too. I'd rather hurt in the will of God than live in comfort outside of it. Is life fair? How do you judge fair? Maybe, maybe not. Paul later writes, nothing can separate us from the love of God, no matter problems, even death. Of course, death brings us into the presence of God. So God is working, God has a plan, even if it's not what you and I can see, maybe it's not with our temporary plans. Uh, The cross is a perfect example. 
talked about this last week. Jesus could have came, avoided the cross. That would have been God protecting him from death and torture, but he wouldn't have been able to provide for your salvation and mine. In fact, God never promised he'd always protect us. We believe in the miracles of protection, but he doesn't always promise to protect us. We just read a story where he didn't protect Paul and Silas from prison and beating. But he did promise he would never leave us. So again, before you face a problem, God already has a plan. And let me just say this. Sometimes we don't feel like worshiping, praying, reading your Bible, coming to church, whatever. That's probably the time when you and I need to do it the most. Um, and when we do, the feelings come. We talk about this a lot. It's easier to act your way into a feeling than it is to feel your way into an action. So even when you don't feel like it, have the discipline, have the courage to do it. So as we said last week, I believe God can protect me. I believe God will protect me. But even if he doesn't protect me the way I want, I still will trust him. Final question. Right now, today, from what do you need to be saved, rescued, or protected from? I don't know what it is. God knows what it is. You know what it is. It might be financial. It might be relational. It might be health-wise. It might be something else. I'm not even some category I'm not even thinking of. Right now, from what do you need to be saved? Would you pray about that as I pray? Father God, thank you. We thank you that you are God that protects. We have no way of knowing. In fact, I don't think any of us would grow up to be adults. <laughs> some of the stupid stuff we do as kids if you hadn't protected us. Uh, we've all had just near-miss accidents, I'm sure. So many ways you protect us. But not always like we desire, not always like we ask. But even in the painful things, you have a plan to grow us, to grow our faith. Maybe for someone that's not a Jesus follower, to get, get their attention. And God, we would pray for anybody that their need this morning is that need to be saved from themselves. They need to be saved from their sin. They need to be saved from being enemies of yours, being friends of yours. And we talked, we read the, the passage itself. All they need to do is believe. And they'll enter into your family. So I pray that prayer for whoever might be here or might be listening. For most of us, we're Jesus followers. Life been, for all of us, I'm sure, a roller coaster. Sometimes life seems to be good. Sometimes it's tough. So God, give us again the, the faith, the strength, the courage to trust you in the good times as well as the difficult times. To not say thanks but no thanks when the difficulties come, when the prayers don't get answered the way we would like. To truly believe. Even before the problem came, God, you had a plan. And no one can stop you. No one can stop your plan. God, what a tremendous promise that we as your children uh, 
can claim. Us parents try and protect our children as best we can. God, we know as our Heavenly Father, you protect us. You, nothing, again, can stop you from protecting us perfectly. So the difficulties we have are part of your plan. You have a purpose. And God, we'd love to see it. We don't always, but we'd love to see it. And as the song goes, when we can't see your hand, trust your heart. Thank you, God, that you love us through the good times and the bad times. You love us when we're serving you, and you love us when we don't. We call it unconditional love. God, we are recipients of your grace, your mercy, and love. Thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.